Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. Paul Reid, who's the chair of the Citizens' Assembly on Drugs, has said that possession of all hard drugs for personal use should be decriminalised. And you might remember here in Lunchtime Live, we were chatting about the junior minister with responsibility for drug use in Ireland, Hildegard Nocton. She made comments last week um, that people caught with a small amount of drugs for personal use shouldn't end up in the criminal justice system. And we spoke to a lot of Lunchtime Live listeners about their thoughts on that. 87 106 is the WhatsApp number. I just want to talk to you today about this. I've listened um, to some of the health experts a little earlier in some of the shows chatting about Paul Reid's comments. I've heard politicians talk about whether possession of all hard drugs for personal use should be decriminalised. But I just want to know how you feel about it because I don't have the answer. I'm not an expert in this area. I've listened to plenty of experts like you have and I'm here to be convinced because I don't know what the answer to this is. No, I don't have the answer at all. I know if I leave the office this afternoon and I head down South William Street or any of the streets around the News Talk offices, um, I will pass multiple people and all I'll get is the bang of hash because it's nearly as common now when you're walking around streets in Dublin as people just smoking. Like It's quite prevalent. Um, and even if I leave the office here, you'll see people within the area just shooting up. You'll see it down O'Connell Street. Um, I don't know how many times we've talked to people on the show who have got in touch to share their stories I've had mums and dads call in to talk about sitting in traffic down at the Keys and people shooting up and explaining that to their kids and their young children asking what's happening. Um, And we do have an issue with drug use and how we deal with people with addiction issues. So I don't know. Will will decriminalising it, will that help for people with addiction issues? Experts, some experts say it will. But then for the, the doctor... And the person working in broadcasting and the guard and the solicitor that maybe takes an odd line of coke at the weekend, does does that then just become so much more normal? I don't know. I don't have the answer. I want to hear your thoughts on this today. Frank is with us on the line. Frank, we mentioned a little earlier we wanted people to get in touch today and, and, and share their thoughts. Do you think, would decriminal, like would legalising drugs normalise drug use? Normalizing is a, is a weird word. It is normalized. We're in a society where a lot of people are using hard drugs, which I wouldn't put marijuana in the same category for a start anyway, mm. because they're opiate derivatives and they're severely, severely, they change the chemical process of your brain. But um, see, there's this, I, I don't know, it's hard to explain. There, the youth of today are gone into this kind of, I don't care about the rules, and they just want to kind of go against the system in all ways that they can. So they will use hard drugs, and I think it's just a, oh, look at me, I'm a tough guy, kind of thing. But then, yeah, as you said, there is a guy who's a solicitor or a guard who takes a line of coke. But they're also part of the system of these drugs and the drug gangs. Like, the health, the health issue is a different system, mm-hmm. a different issue altogether. I I'm, I'm, I have used hard drugs. I'm not to lie. I have used hard drugs. I've been a marijuana user for over 30 years. But I have used hard drugs. And it's a long time since I did use them because what they've done to my mind. Like. Okay. So do, do you like, have concerns then? or uh, Where do you sit in this debate then, Frank? Like, sh- I, I don't agree that all drugs should be decriminalised. 
because, as I said, these these cocaine derivative or opiate derivative drugs, mm. are, they alter the chemical uh, mapping of your mind. Like, once you, the first time you take cocaine, your brain is changed for the rest of the time. Your brain wants that cocaine. It has open connected synapses that goes, I need that. I need that. And it's a hard thing to stop then once your brain is switched into that mode. Okay. I know the government, they've yet to make any decision. I don't think they've decided now on, on whether um, the measures they're talking about, whether that would even extend to opioids or, or you know, heroin or kind of the recreational drugs, cocaine or ecstasy. I think that decision hasn't been made yet, but I suppose it's it's the... It could easily be the starting point of the conversation. Yeah, but it's, it's a very, very uh, intricate issue to, to discuss and to figure out what yeah. the pathway okay. is. Do you... Um, like, sorry. Oh, did, sorry. Yeah, no, I, I just wanted to bring Dennis in there too, Frank. Like, do you think it could normalise drug use in Ireland, Dennis, or do you have any concerns? Hi, Andrea. It's good to talk to you again. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think the kids should be criminalised, you know. Uh, there should be more kind of education, a bit more direction, I think, uh, for the kind of disaffected youth, etc. Like, why are they feeling the need to use the drugs in the first place? Do you know what I mean? Like, if you saw if you saw young people walking around with drink in their pockets or whatever, you'd say, why are you doing that? Do you know? Like, I just think it's a gateway for... It's a dangerous gateway for the young people to go on to harder drugs, like your previous caller was saying there. It's it's a very dangerous path to be going down. I think it's very difficult for the government to kind of have the proper direction to help the kids. What's the best way forward for them okay. to kind of steer away from drug use? And just why do you need feel the need to have drugs anyway? Could you not do something else with your life? Do you know that kind of way? Okay. Should selling small mm. amounts of drugs? You're not like should should you know how, if you're if you're caught then with or you're you know caught but if you're if you have small amounts of a small amount of yeah. drugs um, on you, I don't think they should be. Should I don't be think illegal? they should be scanned. I think what maybe the, what they should do is is like they probably take the drugs off them and give them a warning, you know, something like that. I don't think they should be criminalised, but I think there should be maybe some kind of a program as to require like, you on them, you know, give them a, a more hand, not just. Do you know what I mean? I don't think if they have small amounts on them for their own personal use, it's a hard call. It's a hard call. I don't know. But maybe, as I say, that'll lead to gateway use to more and more drugs. That's what everybody's afraid of, I think. Um, Marie Byrne is with us as well. Marie's a prevention and and addiction counsellor and a specialist, really, Marie, in this area. What's your thoughts on Paul Reid's comments today, Marie? Oh, yeah, no, I wouldn't be interested at all in um, what he's saying in relation to decriminalising small amounts and actually your last speaker made very good points there um, on a human level what we see is the destruction from cannabis use and I wouldn't put down words we'd say nowadays as recreational and that because even that gives a softer look to a drug but it isn't because all the drugs have effects on the brain and I think you know, I've looked at it and I've walked all over the world and I've looked at the Portuguese thing where they decriminalised. And, but now the mayor who pushed for that is now pushing to have it reprieved because he said they've had such an increase in um, antisocial behaviour. You know, there are people who can now smoke crack, but if they say it's a small amount for personal use. Um, and I think we also, 
you know, we're not looking at the families around the person using. Most people who get arrested or stopped, it's not because of having a, a joint in their hand. It's usually because their behaviour has changed when they use the drug because all the drugs affect the brain. So they can become more aggressive. They, you know, they'll tell you they're chilled out, but they can be more demotivated and often drop out of school. Um, and you have families that are breaking up, not because of legalisation or, or otherwise, it's because the behaviour changes on drugs. And when someone becomes addicted, they can't stop on their own really without help. And we have very, very poor service. I don't mean the services themselves are poor that are there. We really don't have enough. Sweden, on the other hand, decriminalised years ago and um, had such a rise in addiction that the, um, you know, where they let people have a small amount to use and so on, that they were, um, it was the people of Sweden who asked for it to become um, restrictive again. The same as Portugal is now looking at, and even Holland right. is looking at some aspects. Turn, uh, and Thailand is doing it, and Ecuador has done this already because right. they found it wasn't great. Do, it, so that's what's happened. Yeah, Marie, it's, you know, I keep hearing about this um, health led approach. We, we have to, you know, yeah. we have to go down the road of the health led approach. But, but the bit that I can't understand, and, and, and maybe it's a stupid question, are you going to explain it to me? Like, we constantly, and particularly on this show, because we, we talk to the public and we hear, you know, their human interest stories and their experiences of life um, every single day. And I could t- every day I could nearly spend two hours talking to people about issues with the health service. Like that, sure can't cope as it is at all. Well, in any well, department, how are we going to start having a health-led approach to dealing with this? Absolutely. And, and that's actually a great point to make. Um, absolutely. Because I, I founded a programme. I ran it. It was a non-profit. It cost me more in the end. And I can tell you that there was very little um, financial support really for to keep that running. And we closed it down. And I've known other programmes that closed down in this country as we now gained fourth highest rate for cocaine use in the world. And that's not because we've got this fantastic health service supporting the, um, you know, people who need help, the families who come in. The, the young people or the females, we say, who are smoking, who are, you know, the unborn babies who are being affected, the children affected when they're born from it. We have no, we didn't ever have enough. So this idea that we failed, we, we never did anything. We just never did it. And what you're seeing is a failure of doing nothing and now saying we did everything, it didn't work. Mm. But we need to go back a step and we need to involve the families. And, and that gentleman before said, uh, you know, without being an expert on it, as a parent in this country, if you do not want your child using drugs because you know that if you use it the first time, there is a possibility of moving on and becoming addicted to it, which means you might not be able to stop without help and the possibility of death. That is it. Okay. And lots of people are dying here from it. So health service support, I wish them luck with that one. 1800-453-106 is the number. Stay with us, Maria. I, I want to just, um, I want to chat to people today about this. Sean says, I can't believe we're even having this conversation. I just walked through our main city and I see the carnage the drug use has caused to society. Another listener, I live in Dublin, Dublin 17 and drugs are already more or less legal. I can buy crack, grass, coke, oh, oh, um, sorry, that's not all one, one phrase. Crack, grass, coke or opioids. Easier than getting a pint of milk in this area. The dealers set up here at nine in the morning. They're dealing flat out till 9pm. The guards have given up. They just leave them at it. 
Paul Reed should come over here for the day and see the mess that these drugs cause in the locality. Another listener says um, the HSE can't cope with mental health issues in the emergency departments and now the former head of the HSE wants to allow the most vulnerable to access more and more drugs legally which will put more pressure on these systems that are already failing them. I think it's an absurd recommendation. Drugs should be illegal and more done to ban them. Donal is on the line. Donal, you've been listening there to Marie and, and Dennis and Frank. What's your view on this? Well, I- I'm, I, I still, I'm still trying to get my head around what the actual question is. If there's, if there's somebody suggesting that we legalize the use of marijuana or hard drugs or, or what, it, it all seems a little bit vague to me. But the marijuana of 10 years ago is not the same as the marijuana that's on the street today. Just keep that in mind. Now, if we want examples, just go to the different countries that have legalized mm. this and look at the dropout rate from school. Look at the dropout rate from society. And then, of course, society is blamed by the politicians looking for a vote off this thing uh, for having it that way. Okay. Like the answer from me, from me, and I talk to these people um, with regard to something I do anyway, but is you. If, if, if you're caught, you're punished. Now, if you want to be unpunished, if you like, come clean for a period of time and get your record expunged. This is not a problem. This can be organized. But if we're serious, have the referendum next week. Ask people, do you want drugs legalized? If the answer is no, then step hard on it. Right. Okay. Uh, Richard is with us too, Donald. Richard, what's your point? Have I got Richard? I, I was a, yeah, can you hear me? Go on ahead, Richard. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Yeah, I was a, I'm an ex police officer, an ex magistrate in the UK. Um, and just a point the, the uh, healthcare approach to drugs is, is very relevant for people who inject drugs because. They tend to have illnesses that go alongside that, um, you know, HIV and AIDS. When yeah. got these so if you, if you have addiction involved. issues, this is that's yeah, where it's so important. It, 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 was, it was very appropriate for that because once somebody's injecting drugs, they're beyond you know rationality in reality. Recreational cocaine use, a healthcare approach, is no good to man the beast. And, and your last caller there, I think, nailed it on the head. If we allow people to do recreational drugs, the drug itself. Uh, may not be you know, a healthcare issue, but those people will start to suffer in society. They'll drop out of school early. They'll end up with you know uh, um, addiction problems, which will make them less less able to function in society. And that's that's the real reason I personally don't want uh, legalization of drugs because I, I see the effect it has on on people. Yeah, cannabis might not be most dangerous, but do it for two or three years. Society's going to hold it against you, and you're going to be and you're going to struggle to to move on. Look, the actual minister who's responsible, um, Richard, in this area, Hildegard Nocton, and we, we talked about some of her comments last week, like she was making the point that people caught with a small amount of drugs. Now, I think they have to work out what a small amount is. I mean, I, I don't know, but they're, they're, they have to work out what the measurements of the grams of that are going to be. But if you're caught anyway with this small amount for personal use, you won't end up in the criminal justice system. Like That's what the minister wants for this. No, that's, and, and, that, and that's okay. So that's that's a very kind of social constructed idea of dealing with this, right? And the reason she doesn't want you ending up in the in the uh, criminal system is because of the harm that becoming a criminal does to you, not because of the drug use per se, 
if you end up with criminal convictions, you're not going to go and work for a legal firm or solicitors or going for Apple. You're going to start to, 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 to struggle, you know, to, to move on in life. If, you know, letting them off it once, twice, three times, four times, whatever. But, that, but the whole point is, if somebody starts taking recreational drugs and does it for a long period of time, they will struggle in life. Um, so if you let them start, in my mind, then that you, you, you know, you're giving them a kind of a, a gateway um, that's going to, it's not going to help them out in the long term. Um, I want to put one or two texts similar to this one, maybe to you, um, you know, Richard, as well. Uh, this listener says, very outdated attitudes from callers here in the discussion. Use is not equivalent with abuse. Cannabis users are not causing violent crime, etc., that you see on a Friday night in Dublin city centre. That's from a legalised drug and alcohol. The majority are non-problematic users and if occasional cannabis user is caught and brought before the courts, the only thing accomplished is destroying that person's life for an otherwise innocuous habit. So who does that help in the end? So a lot of messages quite similar, um, Richard, to that. Yeah. And, and this is an argument that's gone out. Now, bizarrely for a police officer, I, I tend to not necessarily disagree with that, right? I don't think cannabis per se is, is, is an awful lot worse than alcohol, right? Um, the cannabis use itself, but I have, you know, I've, I've seen it through and through and through. That not everyone can can control themselves on it. That not everyone is, is a, you know, is a, a recreational unit you know, good control. It it always seemed to me from, you know, and I was in the Caribbean for five years. It progressed. The people I saw with that small gram of cannabis in year one, by year five, uh, we were having all sorts of problems with them. So yeah, I get, I get, I do get both sides of arguments. I'm mm. not, I'm not anti. You know, personal use of, say, cannabis, I see it. And to be honest, I think that war's lost anyway. I actually do think that war, that, that battle's lost, right? People are doing it, and no matter what the police want to want to do about it, they're going to do it anyway. The issue that I would have, so, you know, the, 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 the socialist side of me is saying, okay, let people personally use. The, the right-wing kind of side of me is saying, okay, but then, you know, if that person comes to a job, job interview or wants to, to, you know, we should also be able mm. to take that in consideration. Um but my real point is this, is that if you are recreational drug using, you have, you are taking a stance against societal, if you like, legislation. If it continues, you will start to drop out of society. And and, and those numbers are fairly okay. unequivocal. Um, right? people let, let me just bring in Brian just briefly for a moment, Richard. Brian, you wanted to make a quick point on this. Yeah, I just most of your callers seem to be talking about drug addicts. The vast majority of drug users are not addicts. They're recreational drug users. Now, not a word I really like, but occasional drug users. Mm. Um, like, I don't see any benefits to decriminalizing or legalizing Class A drugs like cocaine, heroin, whatever. But but cannabis, anyone that wants to use cannabis in this country at the moment can do so. But yeah, decriminalization, please. legalization makes no difference. It makes no odds to anybody. Chris, Chris makes the point that he says criminalization hasn't worked. Hasn't worked. It's fairly stupid to keep doing the same thing, says Chris. Uh, David has got in touch regarding the drugs. How do you even define personal use? This is going to be a mess. I do have another query actually around that because I've asked one or two um, guards, people I know, people who work in, in, in drug squad over the years, and I've asked them, how does this work? And what they tell me, it's very simple, is that the people who are, who are out selling the drugs day to day, what they do is, once you find out what the amount is that you're now legally allowed to have for personal use. Well, for the sake of this, the point, we'll say it's one gram. Well, what they do is they go out with the one little bag of the one gram and they just have that on them. 
for personal use if they're stopped by the guards. But they have a place, they have a car, or they have a house, or they have somewhere that they go to in the nearby vicinity. They just keep going back every few minutes and getting another one back. This is what the guards tell me. This is the issues they see with this. That actually you're just making it really easy now for the criminals who are pushing it. I don't know. That's what they tell me. Oh, it's seven fourteen hundred one zero six is the WhatsApp number if you want to get in touch with us. It's really interesting. You're going to hear so much more about this. I think Paul Reed's going to be on with Kieran a little later as well today. Um, it's not the last time though we're going to be discussing this issue as the Citizens Assembly on drug use continues. Lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.